you know, it, it, it could have been, uh, it could have started anywhere. The story of God, how he brought hope. But curiously, it began in a manger. Step into the doorway. Peek in to see he is here. The noise and the bustle began early, uh, earlier than usual in the village. As night gave way to the morning dawn, people were already uh, on the streets. Vendors were positioning themselves on the corners of uh, the most heavily traveled avenues. Store owners were unlocking their doors to their shops. Children were awaking by uh, excited barking street dogs and complaints of donkeys pulling carts. The owner of the inn there in Bethlehem had awakened earlier than most in the town. After all, the inn was full. All the beds were taken. Every available mat or blanket had been put to use. Soon, all the customers would be stirring and there would be a lot of work to do. Our imagination is kindled in thinking about the conversation at the innkeeper's and his family breakfast table. Did anyone mention the young couple that came by during the night? Did anyone comment on the young girl's pregnancy? Perhaps. Perhaps somebody raised the subject, but at best it was raised, not really discussed. There was nothing special about them. They were possibly one of several families that were turned away that night. Besides, who had time to talk about them when there was so much excitement in the air? Caesar Augustus did the economy of Bethlehem a favor when he decreed that a census would be taken. I mean, who could remember such commerce in their little town? No, it's doubtful anyone mentioned uh, the couple's arrival or wondered about the condition of the little girl. They were too busy. The day was upon them. The day's bread had to be made. The morning chores had to be accomplished. Uh, there was too much to do to imagine that the impossible had just happened. God had entered the world as a baby. Jesus is born. Hope has come to Bethlehem and to all of us. Christmas is hope. Would you say that together? Ready? Christmas is hope. That's, that's what we long for, isn't it? To hear from God. I mean, what is it in 2020 that we need to hear from God? I mean, it's been quite a year for all of us, for you. But Christmas couldn't come at a better time, right? We need healing we need renewing. We need strengthening. As we celebrate Christmas, as we think about the story of Jesus' birth through our services, we'll focus on five words, five hopes that we have. December 6th today, hope. December 13th, we'll focus on joy. December the 20th, we'll talk about Christmas is love. December 24th, our Christmas Eve service, Christmas is peace. And December 25th, Christmas Day, Christmas is Christ. Uh, we've given you in, a, in, a, in our bag, we've given you uh, 
cards for each one of these days. They correlate to the message that will be presented each week and to the Advent wreath that you've received. So uh, make sure you get all those supplies that you can include. You know, if I were to ask you to define Christmas uh, with one word, maybe apart from uh, the name of Jesus. Um, you know, some people around us in our community would, might say, oh, the lights or presents, food, family, even Santa. What kind of word would you use? Peace, love, joy. Um, there are a lot of different words. What I'd like to focus on today is the word hope. Christmas is hope. There's a verse, uh, it's, not, it's not on the outline for you, but Paul says, May God, the source of hope, fill you with joy and peace through your faith in him. Then you will overflow with hope. He's the God of hope. He brings it to us and we overflow with hope in him. You know, hopelessness is a very dreadful thing, isn't it? Maybe a lot of people around you have felt that during this season. You know, at the end of World War II, an American submarine came back to Newport News, Virginia, so it's a dock there, and as it came into the port, something terrible went wrong with some mechanism, and it began to sink right there in the harbor. They immediately dispatched the Coast Guard, uh, had a full crew on it, so they were trying to save the crew. They dispatched divers down who would dive down toward the hull of the submarine and find out. Uh, what had taken place and what needed to happen. There was one inventive sailor that had a hammer right there on the bottom of, of, of the submarine, and he began, began to tap out in Morse code. Is there hope? Is there hope? That's one of the fundamental questions of our life, isn't it? I mean, can, is, is it worth living? Is it, can we count on anything in life? Is there hope? It's asked by thousands of people every day in different ways. I mean, you're sitting in a doctor's office awaiting test results and you think, is there hope? You're standing by the bedside at a hospital and you hear the question, is there hope? When a couple has spent months in marriage counseling and sitting there wondering if it's going anywhere, is there hope? Maybe you're dealing with your finances and you're wondering, is there hope or a family that hears that their, their child is missing? Is there hope? You know, you can go 40 days without food. You can go three days without water and you can go a little while without air, but you can't make it at all if you don't have hope. The hope we need. I mean, when hope is gone, life is over. You need hope. Dr. Harold Wolf, who was a, a former professor at Cornell University in the medical school there, they did a study uh, of, the, of the human body, and they studied 25,000 prisoners of war over an extended period of time about how hope impacted them. Uh, he discovered that out of those 25,000 POWs, there was one group of men particularly whom their experience of being a POW seemed to have no effect on them at all in spite of brutality and abuse. 
There was one group that it didn't phase. There was no post-traumatic um, stress syndrome. They didn't get ill. They didn't have flashbacks. They just handled it and went on with their life. When they studied this little group of people, it was the one common denominator among them was the extraordinarily high level of hope. You see, hope makes all the difference in the world. It's essential for us handling our stress and our problems. The conclusion he came to was when a man or a woman has hope, he's capable of bearing incredible burdens and even cruel punishment. But when hope is gone, people fall apart emotionally, physically, spiritually. You know, prior to uh, the time of Christopher Columbus, people thought that if they sailed too far across the ocean, that they would come to the end of the horizon and they just fall off on the other side. You know, I think sometimes people feel that way today. Like we're, if we, we're getting close to the edge, we don't have any hope and we're just going to kind of fall off and end up uh, in, in such distress and stress. You know, one of the major messages of Christmas is the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. He came to bring us hope. Uh, in Luke 2, we find the story of Mary and Joseph, shepherds and angels. And right after the birth of Jesus, we are told about some people that had been waiting, hoping for the coming of Christ. It's Luke 2, 36 to 38. Here's how it goes. Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanael from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Now, what that, you know about the old part. I don't have to explain that one. But the tribe of Asher and where she, what that means is that she grew up knowing God, knowing about God. And she grew up serving God and knowing that scripture had taught that God was coming to bring hope. And so she, we are told, was waiting for it, longing for it. The scripture goes on. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God and fasting and praying. She came along just as Simeon, the other one in this story, was talking with Mary and Joseph. And she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. You know, in this text, we meet this senior adult lady named Anna, and Anna was 84 years old, but she was living in hope. The word hope is not really used in the text, but it's a concept that is clearly present there. The highlight of Anna's life was to meet Jesus, who represented hope, not only for her, but for God's people. She's having her Christmas moment, right? Her Christmas moment as Jesus shows up in her life. She was a senior adult, but really a child at heart, waiting and longing. She was teaching us that the secret of growing older without growing colder. She had seen the true message of Christmas. For her, the hope was Jesus Christ. You know, we can learn from her, can't we? We can learn from her. You have to have hope to believe that God will work in your life. You have to have hope to believe that God can change your situation. You have to have hope and you want to consider 
what hope means for you. We could talk about the definition of hope, and then I want to apply that to us. Here, let's, let's define hope. Webster's Dictionary does not distinguish between the world's definition of hope and the Bible's definition. So it's important that we distinguish them. Webster's Dictionary represents hope as, uh, as the world sees it. The definitions state that hope is a feeling, a feeling that what I want will happen. Or a second uh, definition is a desire accompanied by expectations. So we have these two words that weaken the world's definition. One word is feeling. You know, if you base hope on a feeling, you are probably going to be disappointed. I'll give you some examples. If a girl says, I hope my boyfriend gives me a diamond this Christmas. Does that mean it's going to come about? Might not. If a man says, I hope my football team does good this year. Does that feeling guarantee a good football season? Uh, the other part of the definition is a desire accompanied by expectation. I'll give you some examples of, of that, kind of the shallowness of desire. You know, if a girl says, well, I hope that he asked me out on a date, is that going to guarantee he's going to ask her? Probably not. Does, uh, you know, if, if a person says, I hope to get this job, does that desire guarantee the job? Now, the difference I want you to see is the Bible's idea of what hope is. Uh, obviously, the Bible is not the dictionary, so it doesn't have like a specific definition of hope. But when you read through the Bible, the Bible's teaching is that hope is an expectation based on God's promises, based on the promises of God. So God's hope that he offers to us is not based on how I'm feeling or just a desire that I have or positive thinking. It's based on the promises of God. Somebody said, you can't break God's promises by leaning on them. God's hope is enduring. God's hope is not frustrated. God's hope will never end. God's hope is eternal for us. So we learn through this Christmas story and through Anna's expectation that she did not let her situation overwhelm her, but he, she put her hope in the promises of God. The Bible says we have this hope as an anchor for our soul. Hebrews 6.19. So where is your hope? Is it in a relationship with someone? Is it based on money? Is it a job you have? Is it your health insurance? Or is it based on the promises of God? Is your hope based on the promises that God has revealed to you? Hope is you know, hope is not found just in like religious practices. Anna was a prophetess and Anna spent her life serving the Lord in the temple and Anna had a good bloodline. But even though she had all that, merely going to church was not her hope, our hope either. Hope is not found in a relationship with another person. Anna's husband had passed away years before, yet her hope was not in her husband. Hope is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Hope is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Don't you just want to say that with me? Say it there at home. Hope is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Why is Jesus the fulfillment of hope? 
He is the fulfillment of God's promises. All of God's promises in the Bible and all of God's earthly activity is surrounded by and centered on Jesus. All of history, as far as man is concerned, is built around Jesus. History is divided by his coming at Christmas before him and after him. Jesus also is the proof that God's plans, God's purposes cannot be frustrated. He was crucified, but he rose again on the third day. He could not be cut off, shut down. Satan thought he had frustrated God's plans, but he could not accomplish it. You know, the Christmas carol that we will sing during the season, uh, O Little Town of Bethlehem, oh, it states it so clearly. The purpose in, a, in kind of graphic ways that we can understand. Uh, the, the final part of verse 1 says, Yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light. Then here it is. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. That's beautiful, isn't it? That's so graphic, reminding us that Jesus showed up and hope was born. Hope is alive. And when you open your heart to Jesus, when you humble yourself before him, when you trust in him, he floods you with hope. Didn't you come today? Aren't you watching today? Because you need hope. You want to be encouraged in him? Paul shared uh, several verses that describe this hope in Jesus. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 1 Peter 1.3. He says, 2 Thessalonians 2.16. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself, our God and Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. The Bible explains also that without Christ, there is no eternal hope. Remember at that time, you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promises without hope and without God in the world. Ephesians 2.12. One other one. I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. 1 Thessalonians 4.13. See, Hope helps us. It helps us to look beyond our present difficulties. In, in this passage of scripture, Anna was an aged senior adult, yet her hope is what kept her prime to look beyond the difficulties of the circumstances uh, that she was in. I'm getting blessed. I don't know. How about you over there? You, uh, Hope makes such a difference in how we think about and how we understand and how we respond to our circumstances. Now, many of you, uh, you might be familiar with the story of Anne Frank. You remember that story? Anne was a Jewish girl and later became a writer who lived during the time of the Holocaust. Anne and her family were hiding out from the German raids around them, and they sweated it out for days. Uh, this Jewish family was all tense and filled with fear. You know, once it was all over, near the end of her story, her dad says, for days 
we lived in fear. Now we live in hope. Some people since March have been living in fear. Christmas says Christmas is hope. Christmas is a time for us to be renewed and to be strengthened. I mean, many times there are people who have nothing but hope to live for. Like over the years, I've observed many senior adults who have experienced so much loss. They lost their health. They lost many of their friends. They lost some of their family. And the only thing that carries them is hope because hope will not disappoint. There, there are so many disappointments in our life, but people let us down. Life lets us down. But Paul says to us, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. See, I learned this song a long time ago. It said, uh, he didn't bring us this far to leave us. He didn't teach us to swim to let us drown. He didn't build his home in us to move away. He didn't lift us up to let us down. Christmas is hope. Hope gives us a reason to live. Hope motivates us to keep going. Without hope, we will give up. Kind of in a lighthearted way, uh, I was noticing uh, Lucy and Linus the other day. They, they teach a lot of good principles, you know. In one of the cartoons, Lucy and Linus are sitting in front of the television, and Lucy says to Linus, go get me a glass of water. Linus looks surprised. Why do I do anything for you? You never do anything for me. So Lucy, with her quick wit, promises Linus, okay, on your 75th birthday, I'll bake you a cake. <laughs> Linus gets up and heads toward the kitchen. As he's going, he mumbles, well, life is more pleasant when you have something to look forward to. <laughs> Jesus reminds us that we have so much to look forward to. He is with you now. There is much to look forward to because he is your hope. One of, one of my and all of our pastors and our leaders, one of our biggest concerns as we continue along this journey is the isolation that COVID has created. Your emotional, mental, spiritual well-being. You know, we pray for you all the time, not only for the physical ramifications of, vi of the virus, but how is all this impacting you? Some of you, it's just killing you on the inside. Loneliness, frustrations, restrictions, lack of contact, fears, uncertainty when you can get back to the relationships with people you care about. All that, all that stuff weighs on us. You are on our heart and we are praying for all of you. Trying to evaluate what's best and how do we care and how do we do the best that we can as a church. I, I just admit to you, it's affected me, not only physically, but just dealing with everything in mind and heart. But Jesus reminded me as he's reminded you, he is my hope. He is my hope. Jesus has come and he is our hope. He is your hope. He is your hope. Christmas is hope. Do you have hope? I mean, when you have hope, what happens? Where's it going to come from? Look at this amazing verse. Those who have hope in the Lord will renew their strength. 
They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. No situation, it says to us, is hopeless. God, I think he might say this to you. Don't give up. Don't do it. Don't give in to discouragement and despair. Don't give up. Look up. Don't despair. Turn to prayer. Don't give up. Don't give out. Don't give over. Give it over to God. Maybe you could pray the prayer I've been praying for us. I mean, I'm sure there are people here today and those that are watching or watching later. You know, maybe this message today might be for someone that you know that you could tell them about, that they could, that, could, that, that need a spirit of hope. People that might be feeling pretty beat up by the circumstances of life. They may be feeling hopeless. I know that there are others who are discouraged and depressed by the events uh, that, have, that have happened around us. We are praying for them. I know there are some who have been in a pit of despair and they even considered maybe taking their own life. Thank you so much for Jesus. I know that, Lord, you love them very much and I pray in this moment that, that you will help us to turn it all over to you. Would you pray a prayer like that? You know, God knows your thoughts. He knows what you're thinking right now. He wants you to pray and to seek him in the midst of confusion and sadness of soul. You are not alone. You have hope. You have the hope that he desires to offer to you. Christmas is hope. Do you have hope? Each week during these Christmas services, we're going to have a classic Christmas song. The song says, Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error, pining. That, that means filled with sin and error around us, but longing, waiting for then the song says, till he appears, <laughs> till he appears. And the soul, our soul felt its worth, a thrill of hope. Could we have that this Christmas? A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices. Oh, night divine. Oh, night when Christ was born. Oh, holy night. Oh, night divine. Austin's going to sing. Now, don't be inspired that this is just one of your favorite Christmas songs. 
Let your soul be filled with hope. The thrill of hope that Christmas is here, that Jesus is born. And despite what is happening in the world around us with this pandemic in your home or what's happening in your marriage or at your job, Jesus is our hope. It brings a new and glorious morning. Yes, Christmas is hope. Sing it, Austin. stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and terror pining till he appeared. And the soul felt its worth, a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn.
Christmas so much. We need it individually in our families, our church family, uh, all across our region, uh, all the people, Lord, that are struggling and hurting. We need the hope of Christmas. We need the songs. We need to be able to, uh, to think about you and to be inside, filled again with hope. Help us not to, not to miss the hope that you offer to us at Christmas. We love you, Lord. We pray that you would be with all of those that, that would be hurting. We pray that you would be with close to everyone that is watching today, uh, everyone that's a part of this PFN family and Summit and uh, Southside and all of our online friends, wherever they are. We pray for all of us that are gathered in this building today, and we pray that you would fill us with hope. Christmas is hope. In Jesus' name, and wherever you are, everyone said together, amen, amen.